Welcome to The Yarn, a School Library Journal production. I'm Travis Yonker. It's October. Halloween is coming soon. Who better to have on the show than the king of goosebumps himself, R.L. Stein? In this episode, part one of two, Colby talks with Stein about his early days as a humor writer, how he got into the horror genre, and his new book of spooky short stories called Stein Tinglers. So, let's get to it. Here's Colby's conversation with R.L. Stein. Mr. Stein, can you tell us about Stein Tinglers? I can. Yes. It's here. It's the first short story book I've written in a long time, maybe 20 years. It's 10 short stories. And now I, I'm going to do one a year. I'm actually working on Stein Tinglers 2 for next summer. And it's been kind of fun. In a way, it's been fun writing shorter things. But in another way, it's like writing 10 novels. Not much different. You need 10 premises, 10 story ideas, 10 endings. It's, uh, it's a, lot of, uh, a lot of plots. Uh, one of the things that I found the most interesting, Mr. Stein, is as a teacher, at the beginning of each story, you tell a little bit about where the idea came from. Can you tell us about your decision to do that? I just thought it would make it a little more personal. And um, just there I am introducing the story and sort of just explaining to kids, you know, my most asked question, every author's most asked question is, where do you get your ideas? Two thirds of my fan mail starts out like this. (laughs) Dear R.L. Stein, our teacher is forcing us to write to an author. I chose you. Where do you get your ideas? Right. So I thought if I do a little introduction before each story, it kind of answers the question. It tells them where the idea came from. The first one in the book, the in-between. So that's the one with the smartwatch. Can you tell us a little bit about where you no, got the You no, can't? Okay. No, I can't. I, there's one where I actually started with a true story. There's one about a hole okay. in the back of a kid's garage. And um, one day there was a hole in the back of my garage out here. And I couldn't tell an animal, was it a mole? Was it a vole? What, what was it? And the next day, it was bigger and bigger. And then I was reading about sinkholes mm-hmm. and how they just, you know, come out from nowhere. And I, I thought, what a good idea for a story. If it, did, I don't think anyone's ever done a story about a hole in the ground. And so I said, I'm going to do a story about a hole that gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And no one knows why. So when you're going through your everyday life and different things happen and they help like plant these seeds for stories, is it like in, in the moment when you think, oh, this could be a story or is it down the yeah. road? Usually a title will occur to me. Almost all my stories and books begin with the title, not the idea. Okay. I think partly because I've done every story a human can do. <laughs> None left. There aren't any left. So I spend all my time really thinking of titles. And a title will lead me to the story. Um, A Goosebumps title, um, Fifth Grade Zombies. Okay, oh, good title. 
what would the story be about? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe there's a fifth grade class and everyone in the class is a, you know, a zombie. And it, that's pretty much how, how ideas start with me. Not so much from real life, mainly for me trying to think of a title. So what makes Very a good rarely? What makes a good title? Um, it's got to sound like some other titles. <clears throat> it has to be like a twist on other titles, I think. It has to sound familiar, but be funny at the same time. Do you? My, one of my favorite Goosebumps titles was Little Shop of Hamsters. Little Shop of Horrors. good, yes. Yeah. And it's her. But then, of course, I had the challenge of how do you make a hamster scary? <laughs> Yeah, that was a that was a challenge. That was a challenge. What yeah. what um do you do you still like to write? Have you ever liked to write? I I start oh, I must be nuts. I've written over 300 books. I must like it. Yeah. I think I must like it. I don't know why. I started <laughs> when I was 9. I had a typewriter in my room, typing joke books, typing funny stories, typing these science. But why? Why did I think it was so interesting? My parents didn't understand that at all. My mother would be outside my door. She'd say, what's wrong with you? Stop typing. Go outside and play. Go out and play. What's wrong with you? She didn't get it. And I, you know, I don't know why I found it so attractive. But here it is all these years later. And I've been working on Steintangler's, the new book. Actually, I've been working on it seven days a week. Wow. Uh, It feels like it's worked out okay for you. It, it's a living. Yeah. <laughs> now well, it's been more than amazing. So, to be serious, I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. So when you were younger, nine years old, writing these stories on your typewriter, were were you sharing these stories yes. at at the beginning? And who were you sharing yeah. them with? Well, I would bring them. I was a very shy kid, mm-hmm. very shy, very fearful kid, and I would bring them into school and pass them around to the other kids. It's a way of getting attention. And, you know, people always ask me, did you have a special teacher who encouraged you to write? Did you have a special teacher who was the one? And I have this horrible answer to that, because when I would bring in my stories and my little comic books and pass them around, the teachers begged me to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Please, Bob, please don't bring these in anymore. Bob, please stop. So I, you know, which is, that's the total wrong answer to that question. Right. And, but I honestly think if they hadn't begged me to stop, I might've stopped. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Now, did you continue to write from nine until now or were there gaps in there? See, I wanted to be a comic book illustrator, Mm -hmm. but I looked around all my friends could draw. I had no talent at all. I said, Bob, your drawings suck. They were awful. I just have no talent. So then I started writing more. And I wrote, I actually had the high school um, advisor to the high school newspaper actually encourage me and gave me a humor column in the high school newspaper. And that was like my first published work. And then I went on in college. When I was in college, every university had a humor magazine. They were all over. And I, that's all I did in college. I was the editor of the humor magazine for three years in a row. I never went to class. I just did this funny magazine. And I knew I, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> and I had to get out of Columbus. I had to get to New York and become a writer. 
So after college, that's what I did. Now, are you funny in real life or are you funnier on the page? I'm funny all the time. You are. Well, you can tell. I can tell. Yeah, I was just no, checking. <laughs> yeah. No, it's kind of work. Yeah. It's kind of work. But no, I've always been. I, I was the class. I was the one always breaking up the class, always shouting out things I thought were funny, always interrupting everything. I always thought I was funny from like fourth grade. I don't know why, <laughs> but I was always attracted to comedians. Um, all, my early heroes were all fifties TV comedians, radio. Com I always just always attracted to comedy. Would you rather make someone laugh or give them goosebumps? Laugh, laugh. But I, yeah, but I, I never planned to be scary. It wasn't even my idea. <laughs> Who's That's idea? Embarrassing. It's embarrassing. <laughs> I always just wanted to be funny. I moved to New York to write funny novels for adults, and I always tell kids, you never end up where you think you're going to. I never planned to write for kids. I never, I never thought of being scary. I mean, I always liked horror when I was a kid, went to all the horror movies. But um, I ended up, I, you know, I had to make a living in New York and I didn't know anyone. And I ended up at Scholastic uh, as an assistant editor of Junior Scholastic, writing history and geography and started writing for kids and really enjoyed it. And I actually did a humor magazine for 10 years for kids called Bananas. It was sort of like Mad Magazine. It's all in color. It was, that was like my life's dream. And I wrote about 100 joke books for kids as Jovial Bob Stein. That was my unscary name. And then one day I was having um, lunch with my friend who was publisher at Scholastic, and she needed someone to write a scary novel for teenagers. And she said, you can do it. Go home and write a book called Blind Date. I didn't know what she was talking about, but I never said no. Those days, you never said no. Oh, sure, I, you got it. I'm doing, I'll write it. Ran to the bookstore to see what people were writing, what a scary novel for teenagers was. And I bought books by Christopher Pike and Lois Duncan and Diane Ho and a bunch of other people back in the late 80s who were writing horror for teens to figure out what to do. And I wrote this book, Blind Date. It came out. It was a number one bestseller. It's number one on the publisher's weekly list. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> What's going on here? Kids like to be scared. A year later, I wrote one called Twisted. Another number one. I said, forget the funny stuff. And I've been scary ever since. <laughs> Next time on The Yarn. My one rule is this. The kids have to know it's a fantasy. Mm -hmm. They have to know that what's going on in the book, especially the seven to 11 year olds, they have to know it couldn't really happen. And if I've established that, that it's a fantasy, I can get pretty scary. Part two with R.L. Stein. <laughs>